0: All right, guys, before we get started, I want to talk really quick about our sponsor, and that's Patch Junkie Shop. Uh, Patch Junkie Shop is an Etsy shop that specializes in uniquely designed patches. Their stock includes everything from military-style morale patches to designs that reference popular culture. They also sell patch-related stuff like patch mats and patch bags that you can stick your patches to. So if you get a chance, go to their website. It's www.patchjunkieshop.com and use the promo code Salumis for 10% off of your order. Once again, that's S-A-L-U-M-I-S-T and instantly get 10% off. Um, I want to also talk about Skype. That is who we've been using as of late to do these podcast episodes Uh, because we want to exercise caution and really pay respect to the social distancing and the different types of uh, rules and regulations that are going out there right now. Uh, We chose to use Skype to hold a lot of our episodes. So Skype isn't the only platform out there that will allow you to do this kind of stuff. So if you have anything like Google Hangouts, if you have Zoom Zoom. Uh, tons of other platforms out there that allow you to connect with other people and really get whatever message that you have out there. Or if you just want to connect with any of your friends and loved ones, there's tons of platforms out there. But if you want a good example of one, Skype is what we've been using, and I highly recommend that. All right, let's get into the show. Hey, guys, welcome to another episode of the Salinas podcast. I think that as we all grow up, there's two things that we learn that are constant, death and change. This episode is about change and when we change something that I believe that we should all be doing is taking stock of ourselves. And that means asking questions, just trying to figure out what it is that you're made of, what makes you tick and what gets you going forward. So in this episode, Chris and I sit down and we ask and answer seven questions that essentially go over what exactly we want out of this life so i hope you guys do find value in this one it's an easy list and it's like an hour and 15 minutes Um, you can pause you can do whatever you want with it but i do hope that it brings some kind of value and it gets you thinking about your life so without further ado i present to you episode 895 i don't have a title for it yet but you'll see it pop up So, yeah, I uh, got a couple different things that I want to sort of go over. It's all it all encompasses around one um, one article that I read. And, um, you know, I think now more than ever is obviously a good time for for me to be taking inventory of myself. You know what I mean? I think you probably do the same periodically. You just kind of sit down, sit with yourself and try and figure everything out. You know what I mean? Yeah, and uh, in in this specific moment, um, I'm just choosing and to really take inventory. If there's been enough changes, and uh, so now I just kind of want to work through those questions that I've that I've got here, and then maybe this could be something that other people can be um, thinking about right now, uh, as obviously everyone continues to you know navigate life through uh um through these through these times. So before we go into that, just want to know how, how's your week been, man?
1: Man, my, my week has been, um, uh, pretty busy. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like I got a decent amount. I won't say accomplished, but a decent amount, um, lined up and put in good positions to potentially work out. But, yeah. uh, you know, everything's kind of blending together.
0: Yeah. Don't you hate those week? Well, it's not so much about hating them, but there's something about or don't you ever have, uh, clearly you are having those weeks where it's like you're just setting stuff up for another week.
1: Well, that where it's that's where it's liber- like nothing really
0: happens but you're just kind of like you're just building, you know.
1: Well, that's literally like the backbone of what I do is always like making plan upon contingency plan upon contingency plan. And it's just this never ending kind of thing. But yeah, um, with with my wings clipped, it complicates things a little bit more. But um, we're getting it done, man. Um, we're, we're still doing the damn thing. Uh, my agency has really risen to the challenge and we'll see how things pan out moving forward as far as, you know, allowing people to work remotely more.
0: Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's a, well, obviously I started my, uh, first week of work. So that has been pretty cool. Actually. I'm I'm a really big fan of the, the team that I work with. Um, it's cool working with like a, it's like a multinational team, you know? And, uh, So I think it's, it's just the conversations I've had. I'm just surrounded with so much intelligence, dude. It's a, it's a little bit intimidating, but at the same time, I'm just incredibly excited about it. You know, it's It's
1: always, it's, it's always really nice to be like, feel like the dumbest guy in the room. Like there's a liberating fucking feeling about that. Like there's, there's less responsibility obviously on the top end that's involved you know you got a Mm -hmm. learning curve and you're a whole lot as you move forward but stepping into an arena like that where you've got all these heavy hitters man there's something to be said for that yes
0: exactly i kind of feel like remember the uh when we would be on facebook and you and me would be discussing something and and russ would like be like oh man it was almost like the matrix where it'd be like someone busts in the door like Morpheus is fighting Neo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like, yeah. like But like, I kind of, I have that kind of excitement when I'm sitting in a, a zoom conference room and these people are discussing things and going back and forth. And I'm just like, Oh shit. Like these dudes are really, really, really smart. And, uh, I'm just here to soak it all up and watch and listen and learn. So I'm, I'm liking where I am right now. Hmm. Um,
1: good, man. I'm I'm glad good. that you're in a good spot to grow.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, like I said earlier, um, I'm in uh, a different kind of phase and I'm trying to take inventory of myself. And um, like I also said, I think it's something that all of us should be thinking about all the time uh specifically i think i think guys because i think many men out there are um they're just purpose driven if that makes sense like they just they have to have some kind of i don't i don't think dudes can just just exist do you see what i'm saying
1: well uh, i mean well i i think that that's probably a societal norm yeah
0: okay yeah okay that makes sense but like, I just feel like there's, you know, obviously there's different stuff happening. And so I just want to take stock. And so I have seven questions that I wanted to go over and then I'm reading, I'm going to read from this article, but I think again, that's something we can, you and I can both talk about. So it's about like essentially curating your life. It's about figuring out what exactly you want out of this life. You know, I'm 33 years old. I'll be 34 this year, um, big changes. And so this is just a fitting time. So the first question that it has is what are the things I'm most passionate about? And it says that the first step to living a more fulfilling life is to think about the things that you're passionate about. It's essential to know that you're passionate to know what you're passionate about. So you can identify the very thing that drives you and makes you happy so it's like, what do you love? What fulfills you? What work do you do that, you know, that doesn't feel like work? He uh, says maybe you enjoy writing. Maybe you love working with animals or maybe you have a knack for photography. The point is figure out what you love doing, then do more of it. So I want to start and ask you, like, what are the things that you're most passionate about?
1: Hmm. Well, um, I guess off, off cuff, one of the the major things is obviously going to be like social injustice, that kind of shit, like leveling the playing field, being uh, willing to say things and go places and do things for the sake of people that aren't capable of doing it themselves or not willing to do it themselves. And that's not, that's not to try and sound fucking noble. I mean, that, that could be... Part of, you know, some kind of fucking narcissistic trait for all I fucking know. But yeah. the ultimate impact is something positive. But as far as passion is concerned, um, I like simplicity. Mm. And I know that that sounds like a generic fucking answer, but I just like I like being able to maintain what I have within my fucking means and um, also being able to imbue some of my own personal utility and in, into it, like mm. anything where I see the ultimate fruits of my labor ends up being something that I'm passionate about. And sure. the, the like, uh, <clears throat> obviously, the weightlifting you invest mm-hmm the effort into eating a certain way, training a certain way, getting the right amount of sleep, not drinking. Um, Mm. and you get, you get results. Um, it's the same thing with, you know, germinating seeds, you know, planting seedlings, watching them grow, setting a trellis up and then, you know, having produce and things like that. Um, been reading up on my vehicle like mm-hmm. i i de- i deliberately bought an older vehicle with low mileage because the particular model vehicle i have is not particularly difficult to maintenance oneself like if something goes awry it's not some big complicated hook it up to a computer pull the entire engine out type of situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i would say things that i'm <clears throat> i'm passionate about Really just center around me, me not feeling tethered or or sure. beholden to anything, mm-hmm. um, not being weighed down. That's yeah. that's what I'm passionate about.
0: That's cool. That's really cool. I think for one of the things I've certainly learned over the. Um, I don't know if you want to say past couple of months or something like that, is that. I've become more and more passionate. And this is gonna sound such so cheesy or something. I've been passionate about just service. And it's it's like service towards others, but the other type is self-service. And um like I've just really maybe it's because I've been around people like in my neighborhood who are just all about just doing nice shit for each other. Like I've started doing a a little thing and uh, I I felt like I had a really good one yesterday where I had just a service day. Right. And so I woke up and I just went and took care of shit. Like I I would hit people up and be like, hey, do you need something done? And like I went to stop by my friend's house and helped him uh, work on his deck. He was building a new one. I stopped by a couple other people. I went to my uh, uh, my in-laws to help them till like it's just stuff like that. Obviously, it's with all like distancing and stuff, you know what I mean? kept distance but just like hey I'm over on this side and I'll just, you know, hammer some shit in or do whatever needs to be done but it's just I've learned that you know my thing is is just taking care of people in some way shape or form but then also the self-service is an important thing because I always feel like there's a way to improve myself or something and it doesn't mean that I'm like never satisfied with myself at all It's just that the more that I figure out one thing that I've improved, I see something else that's like, hey, you know, while you were learning this thing, you learned something else about you. And so self self self-service is a big thing to me. But to get that, I also have to build an environment that allows me to self-serve. And uh, as I've sort of started doing more just professionally and all that kind of stuff, it's it's really gotten me thinking about that. And so that's kind of what I've learned that my passion is, it's, you know, I used to say that my passion was like technology or stuff like that, but it's just service. And, and it really goes to like this, what we're doing here on the podcast too. I think that is part of my self-service, but I think that it's also kind of like a service, if you will, that um, that I feel that we do for others. So that's kind of where I stand on that one, but I was going to get your feedback on it.
1: Well, hopefully, um, and, and I know that they're not, it's not for everybody. Like the overwhelming majority of our material isn't intended to be digested by a specific, specific demographic. It's not supposed to please everybody. And Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing is that you're, you'll probably, if somebody were to delve into it, they'll find episodes that they don't agree with, they don't mm-hmm. like, that conflict with their belief system, or at least challenge their belief system. They yeah. might not like the way that you and I phrase some shit, but that's mm-hmm. that. That is the backbone of this entire endeavor. Is is the willingness to be wrong, yes. the willing the willingness to. Um, uh, Make th- the attempt. And uh Dave Chappelle, whenever he recently he received the Mark Twain prize, mm-hmm. he spoke on comedy and he was talking about he said, Now you people uh fight amongst yourselves. Speaking to yeah. the crowd, you all fight amongst yourselves, but us comedians, we settle the shit, we talk it out. He said, yeah. I see comedians saying racist shit on stage as part of their act. And I'm like, Oh, I know that motherfucker means that shit, mm-hmm. but then i I can go and have a beer with the later, later. I, I can go and have a beer with them later on. And yeah. I can actually even appreciate some of the artistry that they use to paint their racist ass views. Mm-hmm. So the plea was for the American people to let some air out of the ball is what he was saying Yeah, and and allow people the attempt and not crucify individuals who are making the attempt because defend defending the attempt is very different than defending the content in and of itself.
0: You know, I like to think that we try to defend the attempt. I don't think that we've had enough people that insanely like whose views just are way far off from ours, but I've, always thought that when that has happened uh, we've been pretty pretty good about it. We've been exhausted as fuck after it, but like I still oh, think yeah. that we appreciate it though. I At least I certainly do.
1: Well, yeah, like looking back on uh, a couple of episodes in particular I can mm-hmm. say that I came out the other end of it like holy shit. And it didn't make me feel good. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't feel good for days but now mm-hmm. like since I'm distanced myself from that, like that's just a little bit more variety to add to my frame of reference. Yeah, sure, exactly, you know?
0: exactly. So the next part that it asks is, uh, what are my greatest accomplishments in life so far? And this one kind of bugs me out because one of the things I try not to do is, you know, rest on my laurels and stuff like that. But I do think that there's some point there, there is some goodness to that because I think that there also comes a point where you have to think that you're doing something well, you know, like if you take that 10,000 foot view of your life, you're also going to understand. And we've talked about it, that your highest highs are never going to be as meaningful as your lowest lows. But sometimes when you look at your life from, from that graph, you're, you're going to see that you're making some kind of progress and you are doing good things here and there. And so, what it says here, it says, think about your past experiences and the things in your life that you're most proud of. How did those accomplishments make you feel? Um, then it said, if you ran a marathon once and loved the feeling you uh, loved the feeling you had afterwards, it says start training for another one. If your child grew up um, to be a star athlete or a musician because of your teachings, then be a coach or mentor for other kids. And so what I think, at least for me, um, and I'd like to go to you to sort of talk about that, I think my... Greatest accomplishment was when I realized that that I'm, and I think you kind of helped me with this. Is realize is that moment where I realized that I'm everything and nothing at the same time. I mean, just to put it in a way that is is familiar with the content that we've said here. And when I've realized that, like, while I've accomplished stuff in the grand scheme of things, it's like it's it's not much unless at least to me, it's not much unless I've somehow positively affected someone's ability to do something else better in life, you know? And, um, I think that one of the big things for me was just overcoming the fear of sounding dumb or being wrong. Uh, and that came through doing this and it took a long time to get there. But I think that was when I, when I stopped being scared about being wrong or sounding dumb or something, dude, it, it was so freeing. It really was. And so I want to know what your greatest accomplishment was. Um, <clears throat> so know, far, you're still young.
1: Well, it, well, the thing is, um, my greatest accomplishment has probably been um. For me, and and I and I think that a lot of stuff probably blooms from this is uh, being able to forgive people who Mm -hmm. inflicted damage upon me earlier in life. Wow, Um, I still
0: haven't done that.
1: Well, yeah, and like the like growing up, Jehovah's Witness, like. you know, my, my mom did the best she could given the situation. And I mean, she had a lot of pressure put on her by, you know, the congregation and she's a single mom working two and three jobs and I'm a handful to deal with, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm not allowed to do anything. I'm not allowed to get any of it out except, except for, you know, through my own endeavors, like reading Mm -hmm. and like doing pushups and flips and shit in the yard and, Whatever. But um, the the ongoing trauma that's associated with growing up Jehovah's Witness and not wanting to be Jehovah's Witness and not believing it and Mm -hmm. watching literally everybody that, you know, pass you by. Uh, People are going and, and experiencing things in a normal fashion developmentally, and you have to conceptualize them. In order for in order for you to understand that developmental phase and where those people are at, you have to develop your own abstract conceptualization of what it's like to have a Christmas or what it's like yeah. to go on a, a trick or treating or some shit like that. And uh, that carries with it, you know, a lot of bitterness and an entitlement to, mm-hmm. you know, feel like, well, you know, I was deprived of childhood, so I, I, I need to I'm gonna act this way, and then. Resentment that I may have carried towards my mother. Um, my greatest accomplishment, honestly, and and it's it's still something that I joust with. And mm-hmm. being able to acknowledge that it's something that I joust with is part of the accomplishment. Is being able to let go and forgive again imperfect people who happen to have just been my parents because mm-hmm. it could it could have been way worse. And, you know, I like how you said
0: that, too, man. You said imperfect people that just happened to be my parents.
1: Yeah, man. It was two imperfect ass people. And I appreciate they decided to get together and and fudge and produce me and the other monstrosities that I call my siblings. Mm -hmm. And to to have been given that that opportunity by these creatures, they're both impressive in their own right. But they're Mm -hmm. also both oppressive in their own right. Yeah. And uh acknowledging that they're not perfect and forgiving them for those imperfections. And then beyond that, um, forgiving them and letting go of any sense of, of bitterness or entitlement that was associated with what perceivably could, could be conceived as emotional abuse. So anything beyond that, and I think maybe my profession, the fact that I didn't really, you know, I was so isolated and I would, you know, try to pray to Jehovah occasionally and nothing mm-hmm. ever happened. Feeling like I didn't ever have a fucking voice, that may have been proxied in the fact that, you know, now I'm in the business of trying to facilitate the success of other people that can't really speak for themselves. Mm. So, um, yeah, that that's the, that's the best shit that I've probably done for yeah. me.
0: You know, man, I, I want to go back to what you had said. Like, I don't think I think there's, there's something to be said about recognizing your parents as, as the way that you do. And I think that, that in that, what is attached to that is a level of ownership of your future now, and it's ownership of your past as well. And just being like, they just happen to be my parents, because I do believe that as you get older, you define what your family is. You define that, that term 100%. And of course they're your family, you know what I'm saying? But like, There is there's that point when you say they are just two people that happen to get together. But there's a certain point where it's like, I've got control of what happens now. And I think that when you attain that kind of control of your life, when you attain that control of your past, then everything else is on you. And that's that's freeing as hell, man.
1: Oh, yeah. And and there's there's a delicate balance between self-awareness. Well, actually, no. Self awareness is exactly that. Like genuine Mm -hmm. self awareness is what it is, and then you have people that are not self aware at all, in the sense that they just completely gloss over other people's feelings um, or how they're coming off or how they're behaving. And then you have people at the other end of the spectrum that are probably hyper reactive. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it it is it's it's a fine line, man. And uh, and whenever we're dealing, especially with loved ones uh, God damn it, it it's also a fine line because there is this deeply ingrained uh societal norm where like blood is thicker than water, but there's yeah. also there's also the possibility that's that some of that blood is toxic to you. yeah man and it's and it's absolutely okay for you to love somebody from a distance and still provide meaningful supports where appropriate. But mm-hmm. setting setting those boundaries are fucking pivotal. But it, that's a delicate balance as well. Toxic yeah. toxic fucking people can also love you at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know that's a weird thing to say. P- people it's would true, probably though. people yeah. would pro- people would probably disagree with the phrasing of it. They would probably mm-hmm. their concept of love would be like, well, that's not really love. Well, love is a chemical fucking reaction. Exactly. First, first of all, or a series of chemical reactions, and then uh, social ties, normative behaviors, just familiarity, all kinds of goddamn things that come mm-hmm. together that are associated with what we conceptualize as love. And love is not the same per individual, you yeah. know? Uh, but again, like I'm saying that there, there are people in your lives that maybe don't cross over a threshold where, um, you have to completely disconnect with, them. Um, Mm -hmm. Or have nothing to do with them. But you sure as shit, especially if you're a grown-ass adult who has needs and wants and aspirations that are going unfulfilled. I will tell you that having a monkey like that hanging on your back, that dark cloud looming when you're a grown-ass adult, is a stifling fucking force. Especially if you're hitting your 30s and you're still beholden to the normative value system Mm-hmm. That is your core family. It sounds kind of culty, honestly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little culty, man. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I want to go to the third one. It says, if my life had absolutely no limits, what would I choose to have? And what would I choose to do? I want you to answer that one first.
1: No limits. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, so you all mean, the money, I, all the whatever. Well, I basically have the the I'm all powerful and all knowing and everything.
0: Um, I guess. Okay. Oh, man. that that's, but that, that's co- quite a bit of not limited. I'm, I'm thinking more like, okay. All right. Fuck it. All limits. That's fine. If you had all the time and all the money in the world, let's just, let's keep it to time and money. Cause if you have power, fuck, man.
1: I would go around facilitating, um, the best and brightest no matter if they came out of a favela or where the fuck ever like i would i would invest in finding exceptional beings everywhere it would mm-hmm. be light lightweight assembling a, a team of superheroes yeah that would that would be my perpetual goal is to go around and remedy this deficit whereby you have you have people with exceptional minds that are not afforded the same opportunities and they don't start out at the same point in the race. So I would, if I had unlimited time and resources, I would invest overwhelmingly into that as best as I could. And the people that implement that invest in them as best as I could. And, uh, I think, uh, fuck and, and, and one more thing, if I if I could, and I know that you're like Jesus Christ, Chris, but <laughs> no, the 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 other thing that I could, without me going to some big extreme and like talking for an hour about what I would fix, yeah. I would abolish a, a retribution based legal system in the United States. Get rid of for for private or for profit prison private prisons. Mm-hmm. Um, I would completely eliminate that shit. I would redirect and create an investment whereby we don't have we have a much lower crime rate, and we have a much more functional society because we don't yeah. have de- delinquency on one end. Sure. Uh, sure. So I like that. Other than that, you know, I just piddle around and raise goats and sh- shoot guns and party <laughs> and shit.
0: You said a party. You'd be yeah. like the, you'd be a good natured Dan Blazer, and that's what you'd be.
1: God damn. I, I, yes, you I, I, I hate it. No, I would be so much cooler than that motherfucker. <laughs> I, I don't. was the last time that motherfucker caught dance is what I want to know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. That's funny. So what I would do and, and really I, I've had some time to think about this one. It's that I would ask people the same question and I would just do it. Do you see what I mean? Like, because I would have all the time and money in the world and I would just be like, I would literally go up to random people and be like, what's something you've always wanted to do? And they'll say it. And I'll be like, all right, pack your fucking bags. Let's go. Do you know what I mean?
1: So you'd like, be a used, genie. You'd oh, be dude, the be unlimited, a unlimited wish genie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, like it was, I was, I've been watching, um, I can't remember the dude's YouTube channel. I don't know what he does for money, but I know he probably gets the money from YouTube. So he continues what he's doing, but like, he goes around and asks people like, Hey, do you want to, you know, he started doing some of it on like, um, I think it was Tinder. He would like on the first day (laughs) he would be like, do you want to go to, do you want to take a trip? (laughs) They'd be like, what? It's like, he's like, right now I have a plane leaving in three hours. Do you want to go take a trip to like Iceland or whatever? You know, he'll like have some place booked. If they say no, he just still goes anyway. But if they don't, if they say yes, then they go and they just, he like, he equips them with a camera and they just vlog the entire way. you know what I mean? Like the trip getting packed, just having a blast, you know? And like, it's, it's just really cool. And he would even do some where he'd just be just out in the street and would just ask someone hey, if there's a trip to go to X country or something like that, would you go? And just to see some of these people say yes, and then it happens. I just think that that life would be fun just because it's like, there's, we put so many barriers in in front of ourselves, even if we do have the means to do something good or meaningful, or or something that can just help, you know, recharge us or fulfill us. I think we put Barrier after barrier after barrier in in front of it. And it's like if I had that time and money or whatever, I would just do that for other people. Because like I said before, like service is my thing. I do like taking care of people. I like if I could, I would remove barriers for people to be able to accomplish the things that they want. Um, But, you know, sometimes people just can't. They can't get out of their own way. But that's something that I would do.
1: (sighs) Well, you know, I, and I think about facilitating the entire human race and like what, what that would do. And it, it, it's, it, it's a beautiful thing in some ways, but like, uh, unless you do a lot of r- like rewiring when it comes to human beings, facilitating fucking everybody throws shit into chaos. So we've talked about that shit yeah. at length before about mm-hmm. like, how we ain't all gonna make it. Like that's yep. part of it, and and you can't deny that there is social Darwinism in this oh, yeah. country. But but you know when we talk about to facilitate someone um, in terms of uh, what they want mm-hmm. is what they want, what they what they need though, like yeah, long term. But- yeah. and and I I think about the fact that, you know perception is reality. Mm-hmm. Um, if people can put their framework of or whatever lens that they view the world through aside to look at a body of data mm. on a topic, whatever that topic may be, you can generally reach kind of a fundamental consensus. And then from that consensus, then you can have a logical debate. Sure. Sure. The problem is, is that people bypass that shit altogether Mm -hmm. and jump straight to the fact that like, I, I have my rights. um, I can, I can do whatever I want to do. Um, so there is also this fucking just razor thin line Mm -hmm. where you facilitate somebody's freedom to create their own reality. Because again, perception is reality. And each and every one of the organisms that are listening to this podcast or part of this podcast are subject to that same thing. We all just biologically look at things somewhat different. We all experience things in a different way.
0: So, yeah, And I think, though, if here's the thing of why I also like the idea, though, of just providing that thing for someone is that it might it may very well lend to them being like, oh, it's not really this shit that I need. And I think therein lies the growth. And it's, you know, when you have that thing you and you see it, you see people that maybe come across a shitload of money. They think that's going to buy them all the happiness in the world and they realize it doesn't. Like, I want to be able to facilitate that type of growth in someone like one of the things that we said a long time ago is, has anyone ever gone to these countries that hate us and just been like, what What do you want? You know, and listen to that part. Like, I would imagine that if they actually told us exactly what they wanted and we would just give them what they wanted, to because I would I would go so far as to say we want to be left the fuck alone, you know? Like if we just granted people that wish and just left them alone or put them in a position so that they no one would fuck with them and they wouldn't have a desire or need to fuck with anyone else, then I think that would be cool. I don't know. It's just and if they Maybe. learn that they need other people or if they if they learn that they need something else and therein lies the growth and we may or may not be at a you know, a new step or we may or may not uncover more problems. But I just I don't know. I like that. I hate when people come up with an excuse of why they can't do something. And so if I, again, if I can remove that excuse for people with time or money or something, then I would do it.
1: Well, And and I always think about how dogma plays in and how really the, where you slide off of the trajectory that you, in my opinion, should be on Mm -hmm. is whenever your reality that you are facilitating that causes you the greatest degree of comfort, contentment, fulfillment, self-actualization while Mm -hmm. you are acknowledged that you are creating this reality using again, as close to an objective reality as we can possibly muster outside of ourselves, Mm -hmm. you know, collectively using that as a framework, um, there's a delicate balance whenever you're creating yourself and creating your own reality that you don't fall into some kind of dogmatic paradigm. Yeah, that makes no, sense. Totally. No matter do, no matter what you're doing, it, you always having having some measure of plasticity yeah. when it comes to your understanding of the world mm-hmm. is absolutely fundamental.
0: Yeah, I can certainly see. Um, my thought process or someone's thought process becoming dogmatic if enough if enough good things if you will happen enough of the same result happen it starts to become dogmatic and then you you forget or you disregard the the possibility of or you disregard the potential for other possibilities and uh and when those other possibilities do come to fruition you see a lot of people crumble because they thought they or they learn that the world's not how they sort of formed it dogmatically does that make sense oh yeah i mean
1: or, and maybe not even crumble but try and reinvent themselves mm-hmm. agonizingly yes um to to adapt to mm-hmm. conform to that paradigm because yeah. that that has that becomes their new reality mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and again there it's just you're just going with the even flow of the fucking tide yeah. you're not you are not an active participant in your own fucking life. If, mm-hmm. if you're adhering to some dogmatic paradigm along the way, yes, be you. I, I mean, what the fuck ever with, within reason, as long as it doesn't negatively impact another person Yeah, and, yeah. and we're not going to sit here and argue the finer points of how, well, I can't just sit around while homosexuals are getting married and not <laughs> say something about it. Like, that's not harming you, so shut yeah. the fuck up. Like, <laughs> I, that is not your right, so it's, just stay that's out funny. of it. But, uh, but yeah, man, uh, on, on the way to self-actualization, and I know that we've used Maslow's mm-hmm. hierarchy and needs extensively here lately, but on the way to that self-actualization, which is the point where I feel like humans reach what, you know, some – religions would define as enlightenment and we maybe, maybe not even religions, but any number of philosophical guidelines would, would see self-actualization as a point of enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And all along that way, again, almost every fucking step leading up to it. Yeah. Um, especially in between the, uh, uh, need to be loved, connected that kind of shit and yeah. esteem in that kind of area that gets rammed down our fucking throats is what is the most important thing. And in reality, it's, it was never either one of those things. Yeah. Those, those things are inside of you. And I know that's corn dog bullshit. It's not, it's, it's not schedule. corn
0: dog bullshit. It, like it but, is inside of you.
1: And, and that's, that's the thing is how fucking empowering it is to do things yourself, like
0: yeah.
1: to, to not be afraid to fucking fail, mm-hmm. to not be afraid. Like I've always been interested in doing this, but no, I don't want to, I don't want to spend the money and then me be not be good at it, man. Failing, you got, you got to yep. develop a proclivity to, to, I, I guess, appreciate the fail, yeah. appreciate taking the L appreciate and learning the process. From it. Yeah. That's and and, and and the attempt again going back to what chappelle said fighting for the fucking attempt
0: mm-hmm. yeah the um the next question i want to ask is it says what are my goals in life um and that of all the questions on this list that's like my hardest um like it some of it is <sighs> I just I don't know, dude, I don't know how to figure out what my life goals are. Um, I don't know if I should have them. I think my biggest thing. or uh, The reason why I say that I don't know if I should have them is because I feel that if I set I know that there's something there, okay, but I feel that if I start to define what that something is, I'll start to do things that might block out the potential for other things. Do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like confirmation bias type shit.
0: Yeah, yeah, it it is. It would sort of be like confirmation bias. It would almost sort of be like a like almost like a a little bit of like a self-fulfilling prophecy or something. Like if I keep telling myself that I've got this goal to do this, then I may I may complete that or something like that, but I will become one track um I'll start to believe that my only purpose in life is to do this one thing and I think that as as I started to cuz I my my goal used to be like to be really like badass in technology and all this other kind of stuff and I'm and when I let go of that things sort of shifted to like how can I how can I make an a, as big of an impact on as many lives as possible and I don't think that in itself is a goal um I think that that's just a that's a way of life. And I think that by having some kind of idea like that, that's, it's a bit nebulous. I think that by having myself be that way, it's, it's freeing because I can take in all sorts of different possibilities and I can open myself up to learn in different ways. And, you know, I have different types of conversations with people that I never would have had before. Um, I think that it's had a big impact on my life and that, you know, again, it's, I have a problem with goals because what it says, it says goals are a necessary component that you set up for a happy future. So it says, answer these questions. What are your health goals? What are your career goals? What are your family goals? Now I do think that it's, it's good to set like health goals. And I think it is good to set yourself on a thing to be like, okay, this is my goal as far as my health goes to be able to put the right things in your body and whatnot. But when it comes to like being fulfilled in life, I don't think that having a great body is going to fulfill anyone in life. I don't think that having a great career is going to fulfill anyone in life. I just, I don't know, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird spot with that. What do you think? Well,
1: it it doesn't last man. Like the only thing that really That's matters it right
0: there, it doesn't it, last.
1: It doesn't. None of it fucking lasts. The only thing that fucking matters is, is the torch that you hand off to mm-hmm. the people that are inevitably going to take it and run with it after you, because we're all going to goddamn die. Yeah, none of us are so important. Not a motherfucking one of us is so important. From the lowliest individual that looks gets looked down upon by society to some fucking hotshot billionaire motherfucker, everybody is subject to mortality, and we're all gonna yeah. fucking die. So mm-hmm. what what are you leaving behind if you leave, if you amass this this expansive fortune? But what did you do with it? Yeah. Well, what was the net impact other than somebody else inheriting that? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 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 and again, that's, that's the thing I, 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 in my opinion, I feel like your duty or your legacy, and, and you've talked a lot about legacy, yeah. but I, I think how I would even define legacy is, is the ambiguity that's associated with it. Like, I don't, my name doesn't have to be associated with it but i want to i want to start that ripple i want to be part yeah. of that initial thing that gets the ball rolling it yes. carries through that i know that i have facilitated this person to be a better worker in the time that that she and i worked together yeah. i know that i helped keep this person basically fucking alive like it, those those victories they they fucking add up man but um honestly at this point in my life, um, I, I would prefer to just be left fuck alone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, yeah, yeah, I would I, I, I would I would prefer to just have my own little private private feet though. Mm-hmm. But but I understand that there is there is there, there's this just beautiful fucking array of different social structures that we navigate. And it's it's the awareness that they are only social structures which we are navigating that makes the difference between the person that is subjugated by them and the Mm -hmm. person that is using them to their advantage or or at least successfully navigating them.
0: Yeah, man, I think if if people for the people that do listen to this episode, I 100 percent believe that you need to sit down and ask what your goals are in life. And if those goals are actually, if it's really that serious, you know what I mean? Like, is it that serious? You know, are, are you allowing yourself to set different milestones? Are you like, are your goals putting you in taking you on a course that you may not like? And, um, or that, that may do more damage than good in pursuit of that goal. That is something that scares me a little bit too.
1: I mean, I, and I don't know. Again, it fundamentally escapes me why we laud a social system that applauds this idea of the freedom of an individual to amass wealth that they will never be able to utilize in any meaningful way throughout the totality of their existence. And when I say meaningful way, I mean, on the one to one to one when it comes to the population of the fucking mm-hmm. world. Yeah. and and like I was I was trying to say and then it, it got away from me, I feel like your your obligation to reinvest in humanity and give the next wave of able-bodied able-minded individuals, you know just a little bit more of a fucking edge over mm-hmm. the pre- previous generation because that's what you do as a parent why wouldn't that make sense on a macro scale when it comes to an entire generation, you know? Mm -hmm. So so you want to pass on and make that shit just a little bit better. I feel like that one's obligation to do so should scale up with their means. Mm.
0: That makes sense. Uh, The next question that it has is, whom whom do I admire the most? So it says, following the path of successful people uh, can set you up for success. But think about the people you respect and admire the most. What are their best qualities? Why do you respect them? You know what can you learn from them? It says you're the average of the five people you spend the most of your time with. So don't waste time with people who hold you back from achieving your dreams. So I know we I, I sit there and think about the episode that we did called Kill Your Masters, but. Um, mm-hmm do you have people that you admire the most?
1: Well, yeah. Like, um, I won't say like killer Mike is somebody I admire. I appreciate killer Mike. Um, I think he's a champion on Mm -hmm. a lot of levels, but the people I would say that I admire would be, um, George Carlin Mm -hmm. enormously formative and a lot of ideas that I've, I've had for longer than I've even known what to do with them. Really? Mm. Um, Dave Chappelle, I admire an enormous amount because his, his absolute candor and the fact that he dissects not only jokes, but the fabric of language and society and, and being offended in normative values when he, he breaks it down to the very fucking molecule. Mm. Um, it's beautiful. and, the first two people and oh, and then Patrice O'Neill, the ultimate fucking comedian, the ultimate, when it came to what Dave was talking about, as far as fighting for the attempt, Mm -hmm. the, the ultimate fucking undisputed champion of fighting for the attempt was Patrice O'Neill. And he said, he said a lot of horrendous shit that people would love to just be like, he was a terrible person. Sure. He, He was was doing his art. He was Mm -hmm. eliciting response, and it might not have anything to do with his intrinsic belief system, but man, he was fucking doing it. So, out of the three people that I've named, I think that all three of them or none of the three conformed to societal norms. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think Any of those three individuals could ever be considered rule followers by any means or establishment by any means. And then and then also that the fact that they're comedians removes them from this arena whereby we judge people based upon their station or their title or what somebody else has said about them. We we judge them based upon what's coming out of their mouth mm-hmm. and how and how they are communicating with us. And I think the ability to effectively communicate ideas to other people is one of the most indispensable. I, I don't want to say crafts, abilities, gifts, whatever you want to call it, that any human being can have being yeah. an effect, being an effective communicator. Mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, my heroes are all comedians, but sure, sure, what about you?
0: I think that um not to sound like super cheesy or anything like that, but one person is uh is certainly uh my dad, and it's not because he did everything right, you know, it was when he did the wrong things, he was telling me why it's the wrong thing, you know. And he was the first person to tell me, like, hey, you're here to be better than me. You know, um, don't make these choices that I did or something or, or think about a more efficient way to do this. And uh, I think that as a parent, we all think that we know the best way to do stuff. Um, and it's the hardest thing, in my opinion, to teach someone to do something better than you when, you know, everyone says lead by example and stuff. And as one person is doing something, they're telling you like, this is, this is the best way I know how you might have a better way to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think it takes a lot to, to, to do something like that for someone. I do think that it is a harder method, um, but it's, it is a method that I feel has certainly Got me uh, a good distance. The other one, and this was you know since I was a, a late teen, is actually Mark. And um, and when I was when I was a probably like nineteen, yeah, nineteen or so, it was weird because with with Mark, he would somehow show up whenever there was some shit going wrong for me. You know what I mean? And it was just, and he was just older than me, so that he, and he would just happen to be in a, uh, I mean, you know how Mark is, he's always reading theories or all these, you know, philosopher books and stuff like that. And, um, um, so I learned a whole lot from him, not just technology stuff, but, um, I I learned that there was a, another side of humanity than, than the, than our stuff that we use than our tech that we use. And, um, I had never actually started to do any sort of self-reflection and self-criticism, honestly, than the time that I actually uh, f- like first started really, really seriously hanging out with him. And uh, so, and for, he's interesting even now because, and he and I'm glad he's not here to, to listen because he, he would be like, shut up, please. Um, I, there's, a, there's a short list of people that have the, it's, it's weird. It's like a weird type of bravery, almost like a childlike bravery to just be like, why are you doing that? Do you see what I mean? Like to ask someone, like, why would you think that? Or to say, I don't know. Like if you, if you remember our, just our last episode when I was like, Mark, what do you think? And he was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) know It's just this, like this complicated simplicity with him. And, uh, it, it's so weird now I would, I could see that if you were the wrong type of person that would get, that would rub people the wrong way or something, because he's talked about that. He's been like, people think people will say like, uh, they say, tell me that, you know, I say things, uh, not really wrong, but like in a way that they don't, that doesn't make them feel good. <laughs> and, uh, and it's just, he's just so matter of fact with everything, you know, and, um, Uh, I I, I just appreciate that type of person. I'd never seen anyone like that before. And so not to say that I model myself like that, but it has been like, hey, I didn't die by asking why is why are we doing something a certain way? I didn't die by asking, you know, how come we can't do this differently? Um, And so that I think has actually helped with how I do uh, what we do, like on this podcast of just you know, being able to have not really a no holds barred, but I think a, a certain level of bravery to ask why about anything and put things through the grinder. It's something I feel like it's a lost art for a lot of people. And I think that like the old philosophers of way back in the day, this is something that they did all the time. And, um, yeah, it's just, he's, he's a rare person to see that kind of stuff. You do it too. And so it's like, it's so, I don't know, you have way more style with it when you do it you'll be like, bitch, shut up. You know what I'm saying? But, um, it's just, it's, it's a different, um, it's just a different type of group of friends that I have at least a, a different type of people within my circle. And so, yeah, you two are, you two ask those questions that people just don't, or you'll say the things that, that people don't. And it's, it's something that we are lacking severely. So yeah. Anyway, my, the next question though, number six is what do I not like to do? And I want you to answer this one first. I need a second to think on this. What do you not like to do? So it says an important part of figuring out what you want to do with your life is honestly assessing what you don't want to do. What are the things that you <clears throat> despise? What bugs you the most about your current job? Maybe you hate meetings, even uh, even though you sit through six hours of them every day. Like, what do you not like to do?
1: I don't like superficiality. I, I hate, um, I hate having to navigate those situations where I have to even put up, Mm -hmm. you know, any kind of filter or hold my tongue, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Beyond that, I just, I don't like, conforming arbitrarily. And I know I know that me saying arbitrarily is my own personal bias judgment on what I consider to be arbitrary. Mm-hmm. But if I'm capable of taking inventory of, which I am, of my job duties, any number of things all at one time, and then I have um, policy that's associated with it that is essentially just red tape. It has no bearing upon my personal efficacy, anything of that matter. I mm. fucking hate it. And that isn't just in my job that has to do with goddamn everything. It's the fact that when you when I am going and I'm I'm looking to buy a house and I, I'm whenever you're going to buy a house, you've got so many motherfuckers along the way that have their they got to get their little cut of some shit and it Mm -hmm. just drives me insane. So yeah, I I hate the, uh, how complicated, how unnecessarily convoluted everything has been made such that I guess there's also
0: pageantry to it.
1: Oh, there's enormous pageantry to it. And it, it disgusts me. I fucking hate it. My mama said it. She said, you know what, Chris, most people just don't impress me. And I'm, I'm the same way. Like honestly, when a motherfucker comes to me and I know that they've got mad loot, if anything, they've got more to goddamn prove to me that they're a decent human being than um, some cat that I've helped facilitate housing for by by all measures. So uh, yeah, I, I really I hate this big game of monopoly that we all play, and we define ourselves as human beings by our station in life and instead of, uh, larger feelings and exploring our feelings in a meaningful way and all trying to work towards self-actualization. So, uh, that's what I hate. And that's why I, social distancing isn't really a problem for me too sure. much. Sure. What I, uh, about you?
0: Like, I don't like dealing in absolutes. I really hate it. Um, I used to think that I was always going to be a certain way. And then whenever I turned out that I wasn't that way, it caused tons of stress, caused tons of depression, all sorts of stuff. I think one of the, the things that I was, I'm, I'm thankful to do is that I don't deal in, in absolutes. I think that there's always a way through something. There's always a possibility that one thing may or may not happen. And by not dealing in absolutes, it makes me sort of listen better. Um, It makes me think better. I think it also makes me feel better. I used to think that like, Oh man, I'm just not an, an emotional person. Like I would deal, like I would never cry about that until things would happen. And this is like nothing, just like in life in general, there'd be things that would make me tear up. Like if, you know, you see like, um, it'd be these random YouTube videos that, you know, how. if you're on the dark corners of YouTube and you're just looking at shit, then all of a sudden you're like, why the fuck am I crying? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, it's just. Puppies in the cup,
1: missing their feet, it's wrong. (laughs) Oh, my God. You remember that? You know what that's from? No. There's a kitten with a pencil sticking out of its face. Wow. Who's out here stabbing? It's Patrice O'Neill, Elephant in the Room. Oh, shit. Because he's Gee. a he was a huge animal lover, and he's talking about uh, at two a.m. You watch it, and then Sarah McLaughlin comes on, and all the sad oh, animals, yeah. and he's like, "What I cried He was like, <laughs> "Yeah, they
0: in the arms of an angel." They, like, and and yeah, and you do, you end up. There is a pencil sticking there. In, a, in a cat's eye, or just like <laughs> so. Just ten cents a day—that's all I need to do to donate hey, for these animals.
1: He said, "Who is stabbing k- kittens?" with (laughs)
0: pencils oh man people are assholes yeah
1: but yeah check it out everybody that listens uh watch elephant in the room by patrice (laughs) o'neill i know uh some of y'all got time on your hands but uh just watch that
0: yeah yeah it's again the the thing with with absolutes is um and that's also why i'm fighting right now with with forgiveness, uh, for people is that, um, I used to be in this mindset where it's like, if you're cut off, you're cut off forever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I I don't give a shit what happens to you. But now I'm just like it. I didn't realize how much energy it takes to have that kind of mindset. Um, and so by not dealing and leaving doors open for anything, um, I think that it, it, I think that it's a little bit, it's harder, but I think it's rewarding in the end because it does allow for me to, to change. It allows me to see change in other people, to see change in other things. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'm explaining that right, but yeah, absolutes are, are what kill me when people say like, I I could never be this way. I can never, there's no way I can do this or accomplish this. And I'm just like, there's always a way something can happen. You just never know. But if you close yourself off, then of course it's never going to, it's never going to happen. But I don't know. I think that I, I attribute absolutes to like a negative kind of emotion. maybe it's because I am a somewhat eternal optimist. I tend to, um, I tend to like twitch a little bit when people tell me some shit that's absolute, like it's always been this way like at my, at my old jobs, when people would tell me that I would lose my mind and be like, that's, that's so dumb. Like we've got to stop thinking like that. But anyway, um, the last question, um, it says, how hard am I willing to work to get what I want? Um, I think for, for me, I've realized that for the things that I do want out of life, there is always a cost of entry and there are I like to think that I'm willing to always pay the cost of entry into the things that I want. Um, but I feel like I'm willing, I am willing to work. No, I mean, yeah, I'm willing to do just about anything, man. Even if it does unfortunately mean hurting people, not like physically or something like that, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? But like, it's just like, we'll, there's, sometimes there's no way to avoid collateral damage when you want something, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do whatever to, uh, to get the things that, that I want. Um, so far, I don't feel like I've had to, you know, do anything like drastic or whatever, but, um, I have been in dark places and like for, you know, to, to be happy or, or whatever, you know, there, there were things that I had that I had to do. And, um, that's a, that's a tough place to be. That's a, a really tough place to be and it's tough work to do getting what you want and really trying to see yourself first. Because I like to think that when I do put myself first um, and I'm accomplishing the things that I want, I feel that it makes it a lot easier for me to give that goodness or, or project, you know, goodness and positivity and all that kind of stuff. It, It helps me do that a lot easier. What about you? Um, Let's see. (laughs) You're like, I'll Um, kill a motherfucker, man. I don't
1: care. Well, uh, the thing is, what I want isn't, um, and not to act like I'm Mr. Zen about fucking everything, but, dude, growing up all alone, Jehovah Witness status uh, makes you have to really assess things in an existential sense all by yourself at an early motherfucking age. So to be quite honest with you like I am um, what I want is not a static thing and I think that that's something all of us need to acknowledge is that what we want isn't going to be a static entity. Um and if if you think it is you're falling into a dogmatic paradigm of mm-hmm. well this this is how things are supposed to be this is the narrative that is my life that i have to follow yeah but um yeah they're they're they're, they're not static they fluctuate i have a rough idea of uh of what i want but pretty much everything that i want are, is within me is, is stuff that I can achieve myself. And I, and I feel like quite reasonably without any collateral damage, mm. I'm pretty fucking handy outside of that. Like, um, you know, sharing my life with somebody, mm. I don't have to have that. I've always been the kind of motherfucker that's kind of cool. Just solo dolo in it. Um, mm. but, um, uh, you know, something like that, uh, that's cool too. But, to say that I would go to any lengths to secure that—that isn't—that isn't the case, and yeah. and that's how I kind of view any number of things as far as how my life is supposed to play out. Is mm-hmm. I try not to get too attached to too many ideas and things of how how this shit is supposed to play out. So I just try to enjoy as much as I can, be responsible, yeah. and have. So a you're gen- saying
0: you wouldn't force the things that, like you would say that saying that you have a willingness to do anything to get what you want is almost like forcing it. Like, are you saying like, if, if shit was meant to happen, then it will happen. There's no real something to it. Like not say, say effort, but you wouldn't have to force it. it,
1: Well, that that's what I found. The things that I have really wanted that I have gained. Mm -hmm. Um, I have just acted accordingly and I haven't had to do anything unethical or step on anybody's toes in order to do it. But like, um, and again, to, to think about like interpersonal relationships that I've had that have been meaningful ones, you know, even if you're smitten with somebody, <laughs> there's a point where you just kind of like reach out. I'm gonna holler at you, whatever. Okay, cool. And just leave, leave it, let let it be whatever. whatever's gonna fucking happen is gonna happen. but but if it's ever forced anywhere along the way, then it's not it's not real. It was never real to begin with. And yeah. I don't know and I don't know if that translates to other things either. I don't know if that translates to other facets of our lives when it comes to fulfillment mm-hmm. that if you have to go about it in means that that step outside of what is native to you. Native to you as a person and your own predispositions, was it ever sincere, or is there a tinge of some co- kind of uh, other factor at play?
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely interesting to think about. Well, fuck, dude, that was uh, I needed that. It was it was good to be able to talk through these things. Um, like I said, it's it's certainly been uh, something I've been thinking about these seven questions as I do more self-reflection um there's been just random times where i'll sit out on the deck and just kind of think or i'll just sit by myself and just kind of think and it's uh it's good to have this and and uh i'm i'm excited about just my future in general dude like i'm just excited about i don't know why i think it's because there's lots of growth opportunities and you know good or bad i'm just excited for growth and uh so do we have any sort of shameless shout-outs before we jump off
1: um, shameless shout out to Powerhouse Gym.
0: Are they opening back up? Are they considered a boutique gym?
1: Uh, I, I don't know how that's gonna play out, but uh, shout out to them. I know they've been going through it and uh, they uh, they deserve all the support in the fucking world because it's it's about the best place that you can imagine in a mm-hmm. 200 mile radius.
0: But uh, you know, Bowling yeah. Green can just keep everyone afloat here if they wanted to, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a shame? Like you saw my, you saw my post. We kept a donut shop afloat. We can do that anywhere else.
1: Oh yeah, we absolutely could. And we, and we should have done that with uh, a powerhouse as well, but shout Mm -hmm. out to powerhouse Jim. Hopefully I'll be able to uh, go back in there with reasonable accommodations. It's a big facility. Mm -hmm. Um, They're, they're meticulous about cleaning and stuff. And then also the, the people that are there are pretty conscientious about, how they go about doing things, but it'd be nice to get under some, some actual weight. Uh, And I know that's me being selfish. That's my one gripe about the, um, the quarantine is that mm-hmm. I can't go and lift weights. Otherwise I'd be just fine as can be. And then yeah. shameless, shameless, shameless shout out to Tyler Young and mm-hmm. grade eight performance. Always. If he's Man. got any spots available for, uh, for online training, hit him up. Uh, cool, he's a cool. he's a wealth of knowledge and he's an excellent human being as far as p- pointing you in the right direction.
0: Good, good. I do. I want to give a shout out to BT Lee's um, He's working on some great sauces and he always has a good product. His seasonings and rubs are great. If you do want some good product, go to btlees.com. dot com. That's B T L E I G H S dot com. Uh, he's got some fantastic shit for you to try. I'm a big fan of his jalapeno business sauce. I put that on my eggs. I put that on just about everything. Um, and then of course his, uh, something for something some sauce is really good. And then, uh, uh something to cry about sauce um, or his something to cry about rub. I like to put that on different meats and stuff, but, uh, I want to also give a shout out to JP man, hefty lefty club works. Um, he's been helping me out of my golf game. Um, it's, you know, rain's been kind of crap and stuff like that. But on top of that, he's just someone that I talk to quite a bit um just about life and stuff in general he's like one of the nicest people on the fucking planet and i'm so thankful that we had him on for an episode and and that he and i just continue to talk he's he's one of my close friends and uh i'm just i'm thankful for for your friendship jp um i want to give a shout out to my boy sean Um, he's got his little man and, uh, they're quarantined up, but, you know, they're doing everything possible to, to, you know, do it right and follow the rules, play by the book with a, you know, with a newborn at home. So I definitely want to give a shout to him. But uh, yeah, just everyone, all the listeners, all the people who have given us feedback. Thank you guys for your time and attention. I cannot wait to get to a position where we can actually podcast in the same room, dude. (laughs) I feel like we finally got like our rhythm after a couple of episodes of not doing you know, of having to Skype and shit like that. Um, It's still
1: not the same. It's not the same. Like, I like to be able to look you in your face. Like, if I can't. If I can't look you in your face, it's a it's a much more difficult way for me to go about making fun yeah. of you and carrying on. Yeah,
0: because- and see, I would I would you know use my camera and stuff like that, but like I haven't been able to go to the barber, so like I got like a slavery haircut right now, so it doesn't, <laughs> it
1: doesn't <laughs> dude, look good. It, are you Patch Adams? Does I'm Kunta look- Kente right now, dude. This, this <laughs> shameful.
0: Pick it. So. Pick it. At, throw a shell in it. Dude, I yeah, I will throw a shell at it. <laughs> I shaved it down like two weeks ago, and it's back, and my hairline's fucked up. And I, just, I'm, I'm just thankful I work from home now because I can't have I can't have people looking at me.
1: Well, nobody, I, nobody's ever gonna love you if you carry it all like it.
0: I know. They're like, look at this dude's fade, man. Pfft. No, I don't ever want to talk to him.
1: And be like, what fade? And I know. It's a what bunch fade. of white dudes, and they're all just bragging you. <laughs>
0: I know that you're would be the a, day that You're going to have a nightmare tonight just, I'm just getting roasted By white dudes like look at his ashy skin Man
1: ah. <laughs> Come on man I've got some Cocoa butter in the car yeah. come
0: on They're like I'm blacker than you man I've got Cocoa butter in my car Jesus
1: Dude uh, my ankle, my ankles was so Ashy earlier it was ridiculous I was Outside and I was like I'm glad that I'm just a disgusting hermit and I don't go around <laughs> nobody.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, it's getting bad where I'm like, oh, my, my legs are actually I'll just walk around wherever, you know? Um, it's, it's bad. I, Nothing gotta, matters. Nothing matters. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta clean it up. But anyway, dude, thank you for jumping on with me and thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your time. Please kick ass, stay safe, take care of yourselves and each other. And my dude, we are out. Peace.